Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, good morning, good morning. Fusion Church, 6 a.m. soap, can you all hear me all right? All right. Love the thumbs up. All right, guys. Come on. This morning, we are in Deuteronomy 16. Man, we're pushing along. We're trudging along. Children of Israel about to enter into the promised land. You know, and it's like it's it's like almost like Moses is, is, is tying up some loose ends, you know, giving some final instructions. And we still got a few more weeks of Deuteronomy. But man, it's 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 an amazing book of the Bible. Hey, you guys haven't heard. Right. If you are, are living under a rock at Fusion Church, Freedom Conference is this weekend. Who is excited for Freedom Conference? Come on, 12, 13 weeks of just preparation and getting into the word and getting into the curriculum and, and digging into all of our mess, right? But um, hey, a lot of us have, have been dealing with a lot of stuff over the course of this semester, right? Um, a lot of us have had losses of of. of of loved ones and friends, family, you know, grandparents, parent, like it's been, it's been, it's been crazy. Um, but keep your focus guys. Right. Um, we've had, there's, there's been so many things that we've, we've heard um, happening amongst the, 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 the church, but Hey, as pastor Brendan said yesterday, in one of our group meetings for freedom, there's not a devil in every bush. Okay. Not everything is an attack from the enemy. Right. Um, amen. However, let's be aware of what's going on. And at the end, we, 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 we do have an adversary who wants nothing more than for us to stumble and fall. Um, those of us who are volunteers at Freedom Conference this weekend, we've been through it already. We've probably been through multiple conferences, right? We know what to expect going into this weekend. If you're a participant, come on, guys, just hold on tight keep pressing forward, come in expecting, right? Come in with just your hands up and like, Lord, whatever you want for me this weekend, whatever you want to do to me, whatever junk you're trying to get rid of, I am open to a move of your Holy Spirit. And it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Tomorrow is a day of fasting and prayer, okay? So whether you are a participant, a volunteer, or you know what, if you're not even involved with freedom at all this weekend, um, please uh, join us in a time of fasting and prayer. Fast anything, fast food, fast TV, fast, so whatever it is, whatever it is, right? But do make that sacrifice, right? And just allow the Lord just to continue to download in you. If you ever have participated in any one of our fasts, 21 day Daniel fast, you know, just throughout the year, we, we, sometimes we have a time of fasting, you know, it's, it's, it's like that octane right into your gas tank to keep you going. All right. So, um, I'm so, so excited. If you can't tell, I am pumped for, for, for freedom conference. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of you there. Um, so, uh, okay, that's enough. Let's get into it. All right. Right, because you know, Nicole, you know, I'll just I'll just talk and talk and talk and ramble. Y'all gonna be like, oh my god, hurry up, dude. Deuteronomy 16. I'm trying to trying to get back to bed, right? All right, so I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna jump right into it. 
Heavenly Father, we praise you, Lord. We worship you. We just thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are a real God. Father, you're not just uh, some piece of wood or, or, or some false deity that we've We've, we've created for ourselves. No, Lord, you are a real God. You are the first and the last, the beginning, the end, the alpha and omega. Lord, you were God before any of us were around to even call you God. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that has great and majestic and almighty and eternal that you are, Lord God, you have chosen us to be in relationship with. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for that because we were so unworthy. Father, I pray that you will be with us during this time. I pray that you would be with everyone on this call right now, Lord, everyone listening to later on in the, on the podcast, Father, and you would just speak to our minds, speak to our hearts, Father, open up our eyes and reveal new things, new truths from your word, Father. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, let's get into it. Deuteronomy 16. And I am reading from the New King James Version. Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. Therefore, you shall sacrifice the Passover to the Lord your God for the flock and the herd in the, the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. You shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it. That is the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste, that you may remember the day in which you came out of the land of Egypt, of Egypt all the days of your life. And no leaven shall be seen among you in all your territory for seven days, nor shall any of the meat which you sacrifice the first day at twilight remain overnight until morning. You may not sacrifice the Passover within any of your gates, which the Lord your God gives you, but at the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. There you shall sacrifice the Passover at twilight. At the going down of the sun at the time you came out of Egypt, and you shall roast and eat it in the place which the Lord your God chooses, and in the morning you shall turn and go to your tents. Six days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a sacred assembly to the Lord your God. You shall do no work on it. You shall count seven weeks for yourselves. Begin to count the seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the grain. Then you shall keep the feast of weeks to the Lord your God with the tribute of a freewill offering from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, the Levite who is within your gates, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are among you at the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall remember that you are a slave in Egypt and you shall be careful to observe these statutes. Verse 13, you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days when you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your winepress, and you shall rejoice in your feast, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, and the Levite, the stranger, and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands, so that you, you surely rejoice. Three times a year, a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. <clears throat> Every male shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. You shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates, which the Lord your God gives you, according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe. 
for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. You shall follow what is altogether just, that you may live and inherit the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not plant for yourself any tree as a wooden image near the altar, which you build for yourself to the Lord your God. You shall not set up a sacred pillar, which the Lord your God hates. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's give it a stretch. Let's get some of that bustelo. All right. So, <clears throat> so this, this book of, uh, of Deuteronomy is really a, a reminder. You know, Moses is, is reminding the children of Israel, um, which is re really means that God, through Moses, is reminding the children of Israel about the, the various feasts and, and sacrifices they are to make and reminding them once again, what he has done for them, because if you've been following along for the past few months, the children of Israel tend to forget, right? You know, they tend to forget. And it's easy for us, you know, living in 2023 to look back and be like, man, how could they forget all the things that God has done for them? How could they forget about Egypt? How could they do? How could they? How could they? How could they? How, how could they? It's time for us to take a look in the mirror because all of us forget continually everything that God has done for us. We all forget, right? And and so so they're just a, a, a an image of us that we forget all the times that God has delivered us, all the time God has saved us, right? Our loved ones, our friends, our family. He begin. He says in verse two, "You shall sacrifice the Passover to the Lord." And he says, in the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. So at the first Passover, each family in Israel sacrificed the Passover lamb at their home. But when Israel came into, into the promised land, the sacrifice was, was to be, be made at the tabernacle. And then even later on, that sacrifice would be made at the temple um, that would be built, you know, hundreds of years <clears throat> in the future from this point. Exodus 12 describes that first Passover when, when, when Israel was delivered uh, from Egypt and when God sent his, his judgment over the firstborn of, of Egypt. And God passed over the homes, if you remember. Um, um, and as long as Israel had obediently sacrificed a Passover lamb and ap applied the blood to the doorposts, of the home, you know, and this was important. If you remember, we talked about, you know, a few months back where this Passover lamb, um, it wasn't just any lamb. It was a lamb that they brought into their homes. And for a few days, they cared for the lamb in the home, not in, in the barn, in the back, you know, not in a pen. They, they cared for this, this lamb to the point where this lamb almost became a part of the family. So it truly was a sacrifice because they loved on this lamb. They fed this lamb. They took care of this lamb, right? So they, 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 they had an affection for this lamb that they then had to turn around and slaughter to apply the blood at the doorpost. And this whole thing was, was, was prophetically, um, uh, it, it was, uh, it represented Jesus as our Passover lamb, the lamb of God that was sacrificed, and we just we're just coming out of the the Easter season. Who the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, whose blood was was received and it was applied, so that the wrath of God would then pass over us. God would look down, and and He wouldn't see our sin. He wouldn't see all the junk in our lives. He would just see the blood of His Son over us. First Corinthians five seven says, therefore, purge out. 
the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Verse 3 says, for you came out of the land of Egypt in haste. So for the first Passover, the unleavened bread was, was a, a practical necessity because they had left Egypt so in such a hurry that there was no time to allow for the dough to rise. Verse 4, no, no leaven shall be seen among you in all your territory for seven days. The feast of unleavened bread um, following the Passover continued to be important. Leaven, see, leaven is a picture of sin. Leaven is a picture of corruption, right? And because, because of the way that a little leaven would, it would influence a whole lump of dough. Also the way that leaven would, would puff up the lump, right? It would make it rise. Just as pride, just as sin tends to cause us to puff up, right? You know, you know, individuals who have, who are very, very proud and they walk around like they're floating above everybody with their with their holiness right right they're full of leaven they're full of pride significantly god called them called the children of israel to walk unleavened right if that's the proper way to use that that word um after after their initial deliverance from egypt symbolically they were being called to to a pure walk with the lord just as each and every one of us is called to a pure walk with the Lord, right? Removing the sin, allowing Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to remove the sin, the pride, right? The guilt, the shame out of our lives. So we walk in purity with our Lord. Some, 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 some also suggest that this was a, um, it was a health aspect, right? And getting rid of all the leaven. Um, cause, uh, traditionally, um, they would, every time they would, um, make a new loaf, right. They would take a little bit of the old and they would, and they would make, they would mix it in to make the new loaf of bread. Right. And they would do this over and over and over again. All right. So, um, it was important that when it was time for the, the feast of 11 bread, they start from scratch, right. Cause it's a representation of sin. Sin can still creep into you, even just a little bit, it can creep in, right? And and if you're looking at, you know, old bread, old dough, now you're going to, you know, there's potential for mold and all kinds of other issues, right? And this is just the way they did it back in the day, you know, take a little bit, you know, so who knows how old some of that that leaven, some of that bread is that you're still consuming. And, and, and the Lord's telling Israel, start all over again, start from scratch. So that tells us we need to, to, to go before the Lord even daily and ask to be cleansed, ask to be made new, you know, like daily go before the Lord. And prophetically, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it relates to the time of Jesus's burial after his perfect sinless sacrifice on the cross during which he, he he was received by God the Father as holy and complete prophetically accomplishing our salvation we may regard the the burial of Jesus right as as just a small part of God's redemptive plan for our lives but it was it was essential to God's plan right Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, beginning with verse 3 says, For I delivered to you to you first of all that which was received, 
that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, verse four, and that he rose again the third day, according to scripture. Verse nine says, from the time you begin to put the sickle to the grain, this is the feast of weeks or, or, or how we know it, Pentecost. And it was a feast associated with the joy of harvest when the Israelites brought a free will offering to the Lord as a, as a demonstration of thanks in their hearts. Um, there were, and so there was no ritual of sacrifice commanded from them at Pentecost. Instead, it was a time of joyful thanksgiving for the harvest, you know, and it was, it was a heart response to God, right? During Pentecost, there was no requirement for a sacrifice. Why? Because hundreds and thousands of years later, Jesus was going to be that ultimate sacrifice, right? Representing Pentecost. You shall remember verse 12, the joy of Pentecost was, was intensified by remembering the bondage that Israel had, had escaped. Leviticus 23 describes <clears throat> at the, at the feet of Pentecost, a feast of Pentecost, excuse me, Israel was to celebrate by bringing a new grain offering to the Lord and by waving two loaves of leavened bread to the Lord. Prophetically, this is a powerful picture of the work of God in the new covenant that was fulfilled in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down, right? Because no atoning sacrifice was necessary because the price had already been paid by Jesus. There was a great harvest unto God and great thanksgiving for that harvest. The response to God on the day of Pentecost was not done out of obligation to a particular law at this point you know uh, in in the new testament times you know all the laws were 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 followed by obligation they had to do it right you know and and because there was there was consequences for not following the law to a t so this wasn't a response to to an, an obligation of, of, of following the law but it was a joyful heart response of uh, of god's people to him and the, the church that was founded on the day of pentecost in acts 2 would include um the leavened bread of the gentiles right so everything so much of this is so symbolic Unle unleavened bread represented the jewish people while leavened bread represents all of us because we are all gentiles unless you're unless you're you're you're, you're jewish we are a gentile and so it represents bringing it all together. It was waved as holy. The leavened bread was waved as holy before the Lord, right? Because we are also God's people. And we were made holy by the work of Jesus as the Messiah. He says in, in verse 13, you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days. This was to happen on the 15th day of the Jewish month of, of Tishri. The Feast of Tabernacles was a time to rejoice in God's deliverance and, and his deliverance and his provision for Israel during the time, the, the, the 40 years in the wilderness. Now, when Moses is writing this, they're, they're coming to the end of it. You know, so, so they're, he's, they're adding this Feast of Tabernacles. It was like, hey, listen, God has been with us this entire time. God has been with us during these, these, these 40 years. You know, when it seemed like 
we were just wandering and wandering and wandering. But no, God was still doing a work in us. God still provided. We still had food every day. We still had clothes on our back. Brothers and sisters, some of some of us are going through a time of wilderness. We're going through a time of darkness, so it seems, right? But God is still providing, right? You, you we've we've gone through hard times, all right? Let's 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 just take this time of this this 12, 13 weeks of of freedom. Some of us have gone through a very dark time during this. Some of us have gone through a wilderness experience during this 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 semester of freedom, right? But you're still breathing. You still got food in your belly. You got clothes on your back, right? God has still provided, right? God has still made a way. You are still standing and you are about to step out of your wilderness experience and enter in your promised land. Amen. Because when you're entering in your promised land, that is where freedom is found, right? So continue pushing. God did not want the children of Israel to forget where they came from. A lot of times when God deliver us, delivers us from whatever we're going through, we praise him. We're excited, right? You know, look what God did for me. Ooh, yeah, God, he provided, he did this, he did deliverance. I was healed. My family member was healed, whatever the case may be. And then we move on. We forget, right? And then we go through our next season of, of, of testing and trials. Right. And we get so down in the, in, the, in the muck and mire of our misery of whatever we're going through. Right. But God is telling us, do not forget what I've already done for you. If I saved you, God, it's almost like God is saying, why would I save you back then? Why would I deliver you back then in order for you to, to come crashing down over here? No. I delivered you back then to prepare you for the next season. Sometimes our, our time of wilderness, our times of trial are, are nothing more just than to prepare us for the next level that God wants to take us, right? So if you crumble and fall, if you allow uh, the, the circumstances around you and what you see with your fleshly eyes to be your only reality, then you're never going to leave that position. You're going to stay there. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, to open up your eyes, right? And, and, and even, even if you don't fully see what's about to, about, about, about to come, excuse me, right? You know that the Lord is walking you through it. He's taking you through it. Yea, though I walk through the, through, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God was with Israel all through the 40 years in the wilderness, right? And you know, and, and come on, human beings, you know, there were times, even of the most faithful Israelite, that they looked around like, man, is this ever going to end? Is this, am I ever going to get through it? Come on. Who, you know, a lot of us, you know, we, we've been through so many trials and tribulations, right? And we're going through another one right now. And we're still like, man, God, I know you're real. I know you are faithful. I know you've brought me through this, but why am I going through another situation, right? But brothers and sisters, it's time to, to get up, shake off our misery, 
right? And say, God, if you did it before, you will do it again. Amen. If you walk me through it before, you will do it again. All your promises are yes and amen. There's a promise on my life. Lord, your word says this. Your word says that. That's why it's so important to be in the word every single day, right? Every single day. So that when you're going through a wilderness experience, you can look to the word and say, look, look, look what you did, Lord. Your word says this, right? And your word is true. Your word is faithful. Your word is never changing. So I'm going to stand on the promises of your word, right? Sometimes God is allowing us to go through things just to see if we'll remember. Just as, you know, listen, uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, and we have a couple of our elders on the call. So, elders, you can, you know, you can, you can earmuff right quick because this this may not exactly be biblical. But sometimes, you know, I like to call call out God, respectfully, of course. All right, but it's like, but you know, because I've been through some stuff. I've been through some the darkest times, right? I've been through 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 some things that, you know, um, it would cause a lot of you you you, you to cringe. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting whatever you're going through. Right. I'm just going to talk about Pastor Jason right now. And I've been in prayer and I'm like, look, but God, you said, right. You said your promise to me was this. Right. So I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm serving you. I'm in your word. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you every single day. Right. I'm raising my family in the fear and the admonition of you. Right. Your word says this. What's up? You know. That's the way that that's 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 the gospel according to Pastor Jason. Right. But the point is, God did not want the children of Israel to forget. God does not want you to forget because it's in those times that you're going through it that you can look back. If he did it before, he will do it again. I don't know when, God. And that's how your faith builds. Your faith grows, right? And, and so it's like, I don't know when it's going to happen, Lord. I don't know how it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Maybe your promise isn't even going to come true in my lifetime. Maybe it's going to be in my children or my children's children. But Father, I am believing, I am believing that it's going to happen because you say it's going to happen. Again, all of your promises are yes and amen. God is not a liar. He will never lie. He it's not in his nature. Everything he says that will happen will happen in the name of Jesus. Come on, guys. Verse 16. Who my time is who man, Doug, you got me, got me on a tangent. Man, all right. 16. Three times a year, all your mail shall appear before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses. All right, so so continuing with the with with the, the feast, um, we see here that four four out of the, out of the seven feasts of Israel, because um, um, there was a few that weren't mentioned here, that um, they had to, the, the children of Israel they had to go to the temple, the tabernacle, um, wherever wherever um, you know the Lord had established you know at, at different points in in the nation of Israel, you're going to go. The feasts mentioned in this chapter were the were the most important feasts in Israel where every Jewish man, right, to the best of his ability, was to go to the place of a tabernacle or go to the temple, right, and celebrate these feasts with the whole nation. Even Jesus, 
even Jesus was obedient to this command, right? And if we look at all the feasts, right, and in all different ways, they everything points to Jesus. The entire listen, the entire word points to Jesus, right? Right? I'm gonna say right now, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, listen, I'm Jesus. You know, like, why, why do I gotta go? I'm Jesus. You know, say, why do I gotta go? But even Jesus, right, was obedient to the commands of his father, right? He was obedient. He made the trip from Galilee to Jerusalem to be at the feasts, right? And we read about this in John 7 and in Luke 2, where the the, the various feasts where he had, where all males had to go to Jerusalem, to the temple, he obeyed it, right? And we're going to begin to wrap up here in a second. Verse 18, you shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates. God knew God knew the importance of, of just judges and officials to a nation. Therefore, God commanded that, that they shall, shall not pervert justice, they shall show no partiality, and they shall not take a bribe, right? Instead, they were to follow what is altogether just. A judge has the responsibility to do justice. We see that even in the church today. Now we're not, you know, there's no uh, uh, official um, title within the church of judge, right? You know, you're not going to come to Fusion Church and there's going to be, you know, there's there's Judge Frank or Judge Johnny. No, that's not how it works, right? However, brothers and sisters, um, we need to get away from the idea, right, that only God can judge me. That's a lie, right? It sounds good in a rap song, not biblical, all right? Because, you know, no, we are not called to judge unbelievers because unbelievers don't know any better, right? It's unfair to judge somebody based on, on, on laws that they have no idea about, right? However, however, fellow brothers and sisters, we are called to judge, right? In love, but we are called to judge. If you see a brother or a sister, they're messing up, they're doing X, Y, and Z or whatever, and you know they are not living right, we are to go to them and confront them, right? But we're not supposed to pervert justice. We're not supposed to show no person, you know, impartiality, you know, and we're not supposed to take a bribe. You go to them in love. You go to them in love and you confront whatever it is they're doing. Right. And then the word of God says, if they do not obey, if they're not receptive, they don't listen. They're like, ah, man, whatever, bro, get, get out of here. Then you go again with a brother. You go again with a sister. And then if it's, there's still nothing, then you take them before the assembly. You take them before other brothers and sisters. Okay. Um, but we got to do it in love. Right. God is telling you, appoint judges and officers in your gates. It was just a way to say, hey, we need to cover each other's back. We need to look out for each other, right? These judges weren't called just to like, oh, you messed up, you know, off with his head. No, it's not about, it's not about that. It's about trying to keep everyone in line. We all need accountability. If you're going through this life without some form of accountability, you're doing life wrong. You're going to mess up. You're going to stumble and fall. But if you don't have people in your life, trusted people, trusted God-fearing people that, that can come to you and say, hey, 
hey, bro, hey, sis, like, this is messed up. You need to stop this. You need to repent, right? And that's how we we can go through life. How many Christian leaders have we seen over the past few years stumble and fall for various reasons, caught up in this sin or that sin, right? And if you and if you really dig down into what happened at the root of it, they had no accountability. They had no one they, that they had no trusted people that, that 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 could judge them and help get them back on the right path. And finally, verse twenty one, and we're going to be done here. You shall not plant for yourself any tree as a wooden image near the altar. They were going into the promised land. They were going into Canaan, and it was customary amongst the Canaanites that um. They would have, you know, wooden images of their various gods as remembrances and whatnot. And 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 Israel might be tempted to, to begin that, right? And but God says, that's something that I hate. You're not gonna do this. You know, you're not gonna have any wooden images, you know, about me. Why are we gonna worship a wooden image when we have the the eternal God all around us? You know, and so God was saying, don't even, don't even go into that practice. Don't even, you know, you're going to see these things as you're going through different cities and different, different areas as you're establishing, you know, uh, you know, as you're establishing my nation, God is telling them, it's like, do not pick up that habit of having wooden images, you know, um, that are going to do nothing but corrupt you. They're going to cause you to go astray because those wooden images are going to become more important. And we see it today in, in various quote unquote Christian <laughs> denominations, Christian religions, where they'll have images of Christ and, and all over the place. And they, they pray to these things. And God is like, why are you going to pray to this thing when I'm eternal? Right? Why are you going to do this? And so God is just continuing to remind them. Right? So, so this portion of scripture Deuteronomy 16, you know, it's just a reminder. It's a reminder from God to say, I've been with you before. I will be with you again. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am eternal. I will continue to be your God. Just remember me. Remember my statutes. Worship me with joy. And no matter what we're going through, brothers and sisters, we have the promise of the word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that that even when we do mess up, Father, even when we do go astray, Father, all we have to do is get our course corrected and we can just look towards you, God, God, and you are faithful to forgive us of our sins, of our trespasses, Lord. So I just thank you, Lord, because you are a faith, God. Even when we are faithless, Father, you are faithful. Lord, I pray that as we go into this, this weekend of freedom, Father, that you will be with all of my brothers and sisters who are participating in one way or another, Lord. Father, we just we just we come against anything that's trying to, to cause us harm, to get us to be distracted, Father, Lord. Father, I pray that you will be our focus continually all for the rest of our lives, Father. We praise you for what you're doing, and we just continue to give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And amen. All right, brothers and sisters. Love y'all. I will see you. I'll see some of y'all in a few days. Amen. God bless.